Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, happy schedule release day, Jacksonville and NFL fans all over the place, which we know you have uh, various interests here in Northeast Florida. But we talk about the Jaguars and the Jaguars schedule is starting to slowly be released. It's like a holiday around here. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, gosh, the NFL has its has us all hoodwinkled here. They have us all just locked in on, on the draft for months, on the schedule for all day today. Announced it on CBS this morning. Announced it on Fox and Friends or FS1 or whatever the heck they announced it today. Uh, week one schedule. Jags are at Houston. Jags are a favorite. Remember now, last year, Jags were an underdog in every game to start the year, I think it was. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Already week one, they're a favorite. Oh, the tide has turned in Jacksonville, at least in Vegas. But, Will, they get more than one. Primetime game is still a question that I don't think has been leaked or answered just yet, unless it just came out recently or if I missed it, which is certainly uh, possible. You can piece a lot of things together uh, on the NFL schedule. Some of that schedule still to be determined a little bit later on tonight. Brent Morton, here at the top of the tee, Fleming Island. We were here uh, in the past couple months back. We were talking about our Dream 18 golf card. By the way, the Dream 18 card still exists. You can get it. Uh, at a discounted rate, $69. By the way, it's the best deal in town at 69 bucks, no doubt about it. Go to ESPN690.com. But this is a cool place. We've already been to it once, and uh, here we are once again and undercover just in case uh, we get some rain. Don't need Jack's Boz chauffeuring me around like yesterday um, in, in the show and had to hop in the back of the truck. So Brent Bortnow here, Austin Lane, uh, back in the Action Sports Shack studios. Coos as well. Are you excited about this schedule release? Are you paying attention to every news that drops? Every leak that is out there, how are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, am I excited? I'm not going to watch whatever ESPN tonight and, like, sit there for two hours while they reveal this thing like it's American Idol and then just make you, you know, fly by the seat of your couch. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, if I want my sources, I'll go on Twitter, and some of the people that I follow seem to be kind of on the money with who the Jaguars are playing and when it's going to be. So I'm going to go by all of that, but I'm not, like – above and beyond going out of my way to watch TV to find out who the Jaguars are playing. Well, and also from a national level, watch which games go to prime time, which ones are opening the season. Obviously, Dallas and Tampa, a talker. Keep an eye on the the London games, which now have been official. The Jags will play the Dolphins. I think, interestingly, in the middle of October, not at the end of October, so it won't be Florida-Georgia weekend in Jacksonville, although I would assume the Jaguars will hit the road on that weekend. But uh, we'll see how that shakes out. And what's really unique about this year is get ready to see the date January 9th as a regular season game. To me, that's like, whoa, what is that, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that looks so different. The 17th game, you know, we talk about our calendars and our our clocks, like, internally. At least that's the way I work a lot of times Mm -hmm. in this business, and, and probably a lot of fans do, too. Well, January 9th is odd to see as a regular season game, and that is going to be the case. The Jaguars will play two games in 2022 that exist on the 2021 regular season schedule, not in the postseason. I think that's going to get uh, some taken. It's going to take a little bit to get used to on that one. 
No, for sure. Uh, according to the, the schedule, because, I mean, obviously there has been leaks. There have been people talking. Like, how many games right now are set in stone? Will we know for sure. We know the Jaguars are traveling to Houston week one. Do we know for sure Denver's coming to Jacksonville week two? Well, I, I, I think Ryan O'Halloran tweeted that out, uh, formerly of the Florida Times Union, now covers the Broncos. Uh, so, and, and I think other leaks have kind of confirmed that. Okay. Uh, and I feel pretty comfortable uh, from what I'm hearing saying that. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think that's going to be the the home opener for the Jags is week two against the Broncos. So I think we can plan on And obviously the London game is another one that we can check the box. Listen, I, I don't think the reports are usually on this day wrong. Here, yeah. Here's the deal. 24 hours ago about, I would say, the teams somewhere in that in, in the last 24 hours got the schedule in front of them. I don't know if they got it before that. I don't think they did. I think there are a lot of different ramifications of the schedule. I think there are a lot of different computer models. I think it takes a while. I think I, I said yesterday during the show, Brian McCarthy, the NFL PR guy, said there was a Zoom call just four days ago with 116 people, and they were still working on the schedule. So this is right up until like the last minute, at least that the teams get it. But 24 hours also is enough time for people to yap and talk and leak and all those things. And so I think the leaks are real. Uh, I think the teams already know what's going on. I, th I think uh, inside Jags headquarters they have the schedule. So, uh, yeah, I, I would believe a lot of the leaks that come out. I, I don't okay. think this is just uh, throwing darts and guessing, uh, which I decided not to do. Okay, so then let's, oh, you didn't do that? No, I didn't. No, oh, man. Well, you, you hooked it up like you're going to do it. Well, I just I just didn't find I've been to the station to throw them at the dartboard. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so, so so let's say here, Brent, let's assume that some of these leaks are true and what we know so far is true. And let's take the first four games right now. You got at Texans for the first game of the season, Broncos traveling to Jacksonville, Arizona traveling to Jacksonville, and then the Jaguars on Thursday night at Cincinnati. In my opinion, three games that this team could easily win. Four, yeah. possibly with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, could could it have shook out any better for the Jaguars in their first four games with a new coaching staff, obviously, with a brand-new quarterback? I feel like you got exactly what you wanted if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, and that's kind of what I want to do a little bit today. Like, some of what I want to do around the schedule is not necessarily, hey, predicted, here it is exactly. We'll do that tomorrow in terms of the wins and losses and how we think it actually does look on paper once all 17 games are laid out. But how do you, like, what does benefit this franchise? Is it the fast start possibility? Uh, I had somebody today where I was talking to, and they're like, well, hey, Jags could be 2-0. and I was like, yeah, they could. But remember, the Jags were 1-15, <laughs> okay? No, for sure. So there's nothing for sure. But to your point, I think a lot of fans will feel that way. I also think fans in Houston, I think fans in Denver, I think fans in Cincinnati will say, hey, got the Jags on the schedule in the first month, let's chalk that up as a W, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we have to always be aware of that, and that's why predicting the schedule can be a fruitless ad adventure anyway. But I, I think, would you rather have that, right, three games that are certainly you feel hey, I might be in them, might have a chance to win them. Uh, I might even be a favorite in a couple of these games to start the year and pay the price at the end of the year potentially with a schedule where it looks like it could shake out that the Jags aren't home a bunch late in the year. 
Uh, is that okay? Like, is that okay for the way the schedule to lay out? You can't have it all, right? I no, mean, you can't sure. have it lay out the exact way you want. Is this the best possible situation, if the schedule lays out this way, for the Jaguars to have in the first four games of the Trevor Lawrence-Urban Meyer era, maybe uh, three to four winnable games? I mean, it's it's a great situation. I'm, I'm not going to say it's bad by any means. Now, we'll see with Denver, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers murmurs, if you will. If they somehow pull Aaron Rodgers and he goes to Denver, well, then obviously that team is substantially upgraded but where they sit right now yeah i, I love that game um in jacksonville but like that's a game that the jaguars should win even with what we don't know right now trevor lawrence and everything like i feel like the jaguars with their roster can pretty much match and they have the better quarterback so i give advantage jacksonville there but what i would have liked to see is we can assume right now that buffalo they're going to be a fantastic team we can probably assume that san francisco they're going to be a pretty solid team Mm-hmm. I would have liked to see those teams play, you know, in Jacksonville a little earlier in the season and it's in September. Now, we share a, a different philosophy here where I think the weather does make a giant difference. I think we saw it last year when the Jaguars played Indianapolis, first game of the season, only one of the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that heat does make a difference. And I think with Urban Meyer, the way he's going to run this training camp this year, you're going to see the most in-shape team possibly in NFL history because I think he's going to, you know, he's going to essentially – run these guys into the ground. So I think they're going to come in with that competitive advantage in the heat. And if you had a team like San Francisco or Buffalo come in there week one, week two, man, I think that would be a, a giant competitive advantage and can give you confidence down the line during the season. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. And, and that's and that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's like, okay, I can tell you, yeah, hey, favorite in week one, maybe a favorite against the Broncos in week two, depending on what's going on. Heck, Aaron Rodgers could be in Denver and says Vegas. So who knows what the situation is. That would really put a twist on things. But, you know, and then Cincinnati on Thursday Night Football, sure, I'll take my chances on that. Again, two and two start, three and one start. I mean, if you want to go crazy, do you go get a couple games early? Gives this team momentum. They become kind of a little bit of a darling and – here they're riding the momentum of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, who all they do is win, 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 right? I mean, you, you could say that, or do you do what you just said and throw me something early that might be tricky? Boy, they just went one in fifteen last year and lost to one of the better football teams in the league. I'm sorry, beat one of the better football teams in the league in in week one, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Indianapolis spent the le- next three months wondering how the heck did we lose to the Jaguars in week one. Mm-hmm. So I think your point's a good one. Um, and I don't know what they would rather see, and they'll never talk about it in this context. Football coaches, and especially players, and players I really don't think care, but the football coaches, if you're Urban Meyer, I think the schedule does matter. I, I think how, but I don't know what he would rather have. Can we go surprise somebody early? Or, hey, can we kind of ease into this thing, build some momentum, and then we feel like we can beat anybody in the league, even if they're playing well, you know, by week seven? I, I don't know. I would say. Bottom line is, what's the best route to two or three wins early on in the first four or five games? Uh, that would be a good start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, I, I just hope to always, again, I'm the ultimate sunshine and rainbows guy around here, but I do have to remind folks the Jags were 1-15, and they're going to be playing with a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach in the NFL too. So uh, there will be some hurdles even for the Jaguars, even if you don't think Houston's any good, Denver's any good, Cincinnati's any good, there's no such thing as a locked-in win <laughs> for mm-hmm. the Jaguars in uh, 2021. 
But I think if that's the way the schedule plays out, I think that's something that the Jaguars would welcome. I think the fan base welcomes. And to have a chance and feel good with Trevor Lawrence under center, that you can go get a couple W's early, I like that. It keeps the momentum rolling in Jacksonville, and that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, that's the biggest thing that you want is the momentum. You want um you want to show, like, hey, what we're accustomed to seeing, it's going to be different now. And then that starts with Urban Meyer. It starts with Trevor Lawrence. Any little piece of confidence that you can gain, you need to use, especially as a first-year coach like Urban Meyer is. So, once again, I'm not mad um, at the first four games of the schedule. I think it's very beneficial to the Jaguars. i also just saying, you know, if you want the extra competitive advantage, like I'm sure Urban Meyer realizes. I mean, he coached the Florida Gators for crying out loud. He knows how warm it gets here in September. If you wanted that extra edge, the extra competitive advantage, you could say, well, you wish that maybe Buffalo, San Francisco, or maybe a high, a more high-caliber team would play you early on in the season. Yeah, and by the way, some of the leaks out there have the Jaguars uh, after, uh, we know the London game's officials, that's not a leak, but the bye would be right after, and that's been floated different ways in the past for different teams, including the Jaguars, but that would make sense. Most people figure uh, it, the Jags would have to then play away on October 31st because that's Florida-Georgia game, uh, so you can kind of pencil in the away game during that stretch. Uh, and, and what's interesting is potentially December, where the Jaguars for the first time that I can remember in a long time, go potentially cold-weather games. Uh, not to say they haven't played a cold-weather game, but the schedule has shaken out most recently where they weren't stuck in cold-weather December games. The Jaguars could have them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people are saying and suggesting that the Jags could be at the Jets the day after Christmas and then the Patriots the day after New Year's. And somewhere in there, you've got to believe the Titans potentially could be on the road. And that's been a cold game at times for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, because usually there's some division games later in the season. So the Jags could play in December some cold-weather games, Austin, something that we really haven't had to talk too much about uh, in recent years. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that can make a difference as well. Just like you're talking about the heat, well, you're talking about the cold weather um, and the same thing. What I do like, though, with the cold weather games, and we'll see how cold it truly gets and we'll see what the at- atmosphere is like and the conditions and all that stuff but usually when we talk about cold weather games especially late in the season that's where the physicality comes out that's where all of a sudden you're starting to run the football a little more due to the elements i think this team is built for that i think joe cullen being the defensive coordinator um is going to have his guys ready for that i think urban meyer is going to have his offense ready for that now once again that's a long ways away injuries all this stuff needs to be taken into account but i'm talking about from a, a mentality standpoint if we're talking about going to new england in january um you know going to new york in december I like what the Jaguars, I think, are going to bring to the table from their coaching philosophies. That's interesting. So if I ask you, do the Jags have a bigger advantage playing home in the heat in, say, September, or a bigger disadvantage playing away in the cold in December, January, you would probably say oh, bigger play. advantage home in the heat? Yeah, I mean, hands down, because you're, you're accustomed to it. That's what you do training camp in. Like, you know, you can be as tough as you want, but you're, you're never going to be acclimated to playing in the cold because, well... You're in Jacksonville. Yeah, and and like you said, how they hope to be built, um, or you think they might be built, they would have the ability to play in those games. You know, we wondered that back in 2017 in the run, right? How would the Jags play as a a Southern team in the colder weather? 
And keep in mind now, it was freezing against Buffalo in Jacksonville. Like, for Jacksonville standards, it was freezing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That week especially, the game day wasn't as bad, but it was still cool. But then Pittsburgh was absolutely frigid, and the Jaguars put on a show. Didn't bother them a bit. And then they go to New England, obviously played pretty good football for the most part of that game, and it was cool there, but not like on game day it was sunny and it was okay. Uh, So... It doesn't always match up. You don't have to just always say. And the Jags, I just don't know if they have enough evidence of bad performances in cold weather to to kind of uh, label them. Where I think in years past, like you could label a team like the Miami Dolphins. I knew when growing up, like when they go up north to Buffalo later in the year, they like had no chance. Mm. So some teams do get labeled that way. I don't feel like the Jags have have been labeled that way and have earned that label because, quite frankly, they've got a couple of huge wins in the postseason in Pittsburgh, like in January, uh, in the last like uh, you yeah, know, twelve to fifteen years. To me, I mean, you know, and I've obviously played in both elements. It's always easier to play in the cold because. Y- once it, you know, once you get on the field and you're actually moving around and stuff, your body warms up. You can wear layers, all of that stuff. When when you Vaseline, play, Vaseline, if you want to use that Vaseline to keep that body heat in, you know, a little pro tip out there for everybody. But when you play in the heat, I mean, it, it is what it is. You can you can only do so much, right? You can only drink so much Pedialyte. You you can only have you know the fan blowing on you so much uh, before you get overheated. So it's definitely that advantage to play in the heat. Hey, uh, what? So the Jags look like, at least again from the from the leaks and reports out there, uh, that they could have a Thursday night game, which wouldn't be a surprise. If that's the only one, how mad is this place going to be? Um, mad? Do they have a right to be mad? Yeah, I mean, I think you can justify yourselves to be mad, and I think you should. I think when you have Trevor Lawrence, you have Urban Meyer, and right now the Jaguars are the talk of uh, the national media, um, I think you should have more than one primetime game. I think if you look at Cincinnati last year when they drafted Joe Burrow and that was a poverty-stricken franchise the previous year, they got two primetime games. Now, if you want to use history as an indicator, you can go back to Arizona when they drafted Kyler Murray coming off of a horrible year. They only had one primetime game. And then if we go before that, back in 2018, the Cleveland Browns draft Baker Mayfield, they only had one primetime game. Okay. So history is going to show you that it's probably only going to be one primetime game for now, even though you got Trevor Lawrence, and regardless of how much of a factor Urban Meyer is. But once again, I think that Trevor Lawrence is that big of a star. We saw the jersey sales. We've seen the endorsements. We've seen the national attention. I would be very surprised if Jacksonville doesn't get at least two primetime games. Yeah, and, I, you know, that's the way we've been going into this whole thing. We've been uh, – we would – you know, I think you were even over the two and a half at three. Oh, yeah. I, I was more like two. I think people have been around that number, two or three. And that's why I wonder. I just sense – I wonder if this place would be disappointed. Quite honestly, Austin, I'm not – you know me. I, I'm not big on this whole – like, I don't get wrapped up in the primetime stuff as much as everybody else does. Like, I, I get it, but I don't feel that as much um i would be disappointed if they don't have a monday night game with the storylines that they've had this off season i mean it's it's part of the prime time is good football part of the prime time is storylines but i do think the jags have scared people away with their performances on prime time the ones we remember the dolphins last year on thursday night football a couple years ago getting embarrassed and run over by derrick henry like i get it different teams but 
even with the storylines, even when they had some storylines, even when they had some opportunity to pounce on a, a primetime game, they didn't really deliver for the most part. I mean, it's not like they haven't won any, but they haven't delivered in recent memory, and the memory that you remember is really bad memories of the Jags. I think that will scare some TV execs away. The other thing that we don't factor in is there were seven new coaches I think it was seven, I think, in the NFL, and five first-round quarterbacks in the top 15 picks. That's to go along with the Super Bowl champs, the Dallas Cowboys, who are a huge market, the Giants, the Rams, and Aaron Rodgers' saga, and Russell Wilson's saga. I mean, there's a lot of people to get on prime time. We love the storylines. The Jags have been a big storyline this offseason, but there are a lot of storylines in the NFL. That's what makes it king, and there's only so many dates in prime time to run out there on. So, no, I understand uh, that, but I also remember back in 2019, the Jaguars played the Tennessee Titans Thursday night football, and that was the introduction to Gardner Minshew to the entire true. country. And then from that, you know, National media had a field day with Minshew and Minshew Manny and all that stuff. So I get it. I mean, more than likely the Jaguars haven't showed showcased their you know the, the talent and their skill set on prime time. But there has been a few instances where they have, and I just think that how are you able to justify giving Cincinnati and Joe Burrow two prime time games last year, and you have Trevor Lawrence who's by far more popular it seems like, and you have Urban Meyer, and then you have you know this team completely turned around. You would think. How can you give them more than one primetime game? Yeah, and I, and I would agree with you. That's why I say I said I, I'm not thinking Sunday night, but a Monday night game. I'd be disappointed if they didn't get it uh, by the NFL because I think there are just some really good matchups with Trevor Lawrence and other young quarterbacks. It doesn't have to be just the Jags storyline. I think it could be entertaining. So uh, we'll see what happens. That part we don't know yet. Some of the schedule has been leaked out, and quite frankly, we don't know for sure. But the NFL is pushing this out there slowly, and it will be officially out tonight, really at 745, and then they'll do an unveiling at 8 o'clock. Talk more about it, uh, the pros and the cons of the schedule. Is this the right way to do it by the NFL, or is this a little too over the top, the way they're unveiling the schedule? That and more coming up. We're at Top of the Tee at Fleming Island Golf Club here on a Wednesday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But, man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit, like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played Madden in, like, ten years. Sorry, uh, to, sorry to let you down there. Uh, that was a major letdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The Jets at Sam Darnold. What a fascinating opener that is. The league is sneaky. Like, you take the Jets, who are a team that, you know, they have their fans, but they're not necessarily a very interesting team to everybody. You have the Panthers, who I think could wind up being very good. Go ahead. Let's make it Zach Wilson versus Sam Darnold week one. Uh, That's Mike Greenberg, of course, big Jets fan. Probably still bumming he doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey. Can someone tell Zach Wilson's mom to calm down, by the way? Yeah, how about that? Uh, what was that? A did she, was she complaining about masks at Disney? Is that what it was? Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff. She's complaining oh, about masks at Disney. She's complaining about people on TikTok. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's out of hand. So New York media is going to have a blast with this. I mean, let's just – far be it from me to tell, you know, how you should parent or anything like that, but I just think your son's got a lot of pressure on him. Let's not pander to the New York media and give them more ammunition by talking about, you know, girls on TikTok and talking about the whole masking thing. You're not doing your son any favors. Yeah, um, but anytime you want to uh, give me some parenting advice, feel free. I could probably use it. 
Oh, no. Okay, you want parenting advice? Don't go on TikTok and use inappropriate language <laughs> talking about teenagers on TikTok. How does that sound? That's a good start. All right, there <laughs> you go, right. man. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're trying to get a bunch of followers on TikTok. See, Kuz, Kuz has no shame, man. Yeah, no shame. Hey, you got to play the game. Gotta... <laughs> uh, you're married. Remember. Make, make that a button, please. <laughs> make that. And Justin Kuzer, hey, got to play the game. Got to play the game. Got to play the game. I like that. What about uh, week one of the NFL, which, again, was released this morning by the television partners, uh, CBS and Fox. Of course, you can catch a lot of those games on CBS 47 and Fox 30, including most, if not all, we'll find out, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars games. But like, what's interesting there is we cover the NFL a lot. I don't know if that does a whole lot for me, the Zach Wilson-Sam Darnold game. But I get the I get the angle. Like I'm telling you, I, I understand the Jets in Carolina. I understand the storylines there. But I'm not sure I would line up to see that game just because Sam Darnold used to play for the Jets. I don't know if it's Sam Darnold that does it for me. That's my problem, Austin. Yeah, I mean, after that dude said he was seeing ghosts, you kind of lost all credibility, um, in my opinion. It, it does nothing for me, you know. It's, I mean, you got the Christian McCaffrey uh, factor. You got the Robert Sala factor. But as far as being, like, must-see primetime TV, not even close. Well, I mean, if it was on, would I, you know, browse past it? Sure. But I think there's other exciting matchups out there to be talking about than Sam Darnold versus the old quarterback of the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry, versus the new quarterback of the Jets and Zach Wilson. Yeah, like I said, there's a storyline in every game. I mean, the NFL has enough of those. So uh, that certainly, like, that one feels a little bit to me like when the Jags play the Rams sometime this year and it's Jalen Ramsey. It's like, okay. Like, that's a good storyline, and it's a great one here locally. But is it going to grab a lot of people? Probably not. Now, I understand the nature of the quarterback position versus who I just said with Jalen Ramsey. But there's still, like, it's under that category of drama, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it just does. I'm not sure if it's going to do a lot for everybody. But it's the New York Jets. It's a big market team. It is the quarterback position. And, again, I I don't think it's the the Zach Wilson part of it. I just think the Sam Darnold part of it. It's not like Sam Darnold staying in New York was a polarizing topic. I would think 90% of Jets fans wanted Sam Darnold gone and Zach Wilson there. So it it doesn't do as much for me uh, in that context. Here's a couple of the week one matchups. You tell me if you love them. Actually, here's all the week one matchups. Uh, Buccaneers and Cowboys, you like that to to open things up uh, with Dak Prescott coming back against the Super Bowl champs? I do. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I do too, and the Cowboys should be good, Austin. That's the thing. Well, like, yes, they're careful. a big team. Yes. Well, but they should be good. But they're, I, they're always supposed to be good. I know. I'm just saying they should. Okay. <laughs> They've got like $500 million wrapped up in their offense. Sure, sure. Yeah, they should be good. Are they? Yeah, I wouldn't put my money on it. Sneaky good game that would be of entertainment value for me. Bills against the Steelers. The Bills who look to be for real and one of the – Maybe elite teams in the AFC against Big Ben and the Steelers, and what are they is a question that I have going into 2021. I like it a lot, but it's going to be a weird game in September. I'm not going to lie. Give me that game in December or something like that when it's cold out and yeah, everyone's got fair. their you know their hand warmers out and their coats and their their, their beanies, all that stuff. Don't give me tank. Don't give me Bills Mafia and tank tops. 
That doesn't yeah. seem right. Yeah. Don't give me a, don't give me the steel yeah. curtain and tank tops. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Thank uh, you. Pa- Panthers and Jets we just talked about, so we see the intrigue. Panthers, by the way, a three and a half point favorite on the road. Bills a five and a half point favorite. Bucks a six point favorite already. I love it. I love it. What we should do? Like, what's the steal? to get right here the early wager oh i like that a lot <laughs> right yeah we might have to look at it. i haven't looked at it close enough and maybe we'll go there in a minute uh titans and cardinals now that's a sneaky good game man mm-hmm. titans at arizona titans who have been now a team that has been pretty good over the last couple of years a team that wants to dictate play against the cardinals team that has all this star power and also wants to dictate a different style of play you know what when we talk about and i don't like giving them a lot of credit but when we talk about the Tennessee Titans, they're one of the biggest enigmas to me in the entire NFL from last season going into this year. Because we have the preconceived notion of what the Titans are, right? Pound the rock with Derrick Henry, slow the game down. But if you look at the game flow last year for the Tennessee Titans, they were top three, I believe, in points per game. I think they're number two overall. So they put up points with Tannehill, with A.J. Brown, and obviously with Derrick Henry as well. That game is really juicy because I wonder how Tennessee comes out and tries to handle Arizona. We know Arizona is going to push the pace. That's what they do. That's the Kingsbury brand. But I wonder how Tennessee matches that. Do they try to slow the game ball, slow the game down, put the ball in Derrick Henry's hand, or is it going to be the Ryan Tannehill show? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I like that game a lot. I think that's one of the most entertaining games of the opening weekend. Chargers-Washington doesn't do much for me. Uh, there's plenty of, again, I can find a storyline for you every time. Mm. just doesn't do much for me. Vikings-Bengals really doesn't do much, although the early season Joe Burrow will be interesting. That knee was a really bad injury. Where will he be and will he be ready to go and what will he look like is certainly a first month of the season storyline uh, in Cincinnati and around the NFL. 49ers and Lions. Doesn't do much for me, although two embattled quarterbacks in Jimmy G and Jared Goff, right? <laughs> That's the storyline you're going with? Well, what what else is it? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe there just isn't one. I mean, like, I get what you're saying, but like the way I'm, I'm trying to visualize it is if, if you had John, you know, what was it, John Melkovich, you know, do like the whole teaser thing. And he's talking about this game where it's like two embattled quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo. and I mean, I don't know, man. It, I, I get it, but. No, no Mal- Malkovich walks into a room and all of a sudden Sesame Street breaks out and it's Oscar the Grouch because that's the trash can <laughs> No, game. it is the trash Nobody can wants game. their quarterback. No, for sure. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's it. No, like, you know maybe that's the biggest entry game. Like, which quarterback's going to keep his job for week two? Tune in now. <laughs> Someone's got to lose a job. All yeah. right, I like it. I like where we're going here. Just we got that's all summer, thing. right, this to figure out a promo be, for each game. That's what I was going to say. We should have a game where we make a promo for each game every week. <laughs> yeah, I Maybe like at it. least the Jags games, right? Yeah, like yeah, we for should sure. do that. For sure. I like where you're going here. Yeah. Uh, Falcons and Eagles, mm. it kind of does a little. The Falcons are interesting to me. You know, my, my take on the Falcons are I think they're way better than their record was, and I think they have a chance to really turn it around. They play a tough division, but I think they can turn it around. And, of course, there will be some Kyle Pitts and what does that offense look like. Mm-hmm. kind of storyline. So uh, the Eagles are just – I've got a feeling the Eagles are going to turn into this soap opera team because okay. they're not very good, and, like, they can't be very good. Now, Jalen Hurts might be a, might be really good, and, and then they can build around him, but even if he's good, they're not very good mm-hmm. by Eagles standards. i got a feeling they could be the soap opera team of 2021 around the NFL. Okay, I'm going to be honest here, Brent. As far as the storyline, though, you didn't really sell that game to me. 
No, well, I don't think it's great. Okay. I, I gotcha. think I'm more interested in what Atlanta's offense looks like sure. and Kyle Pitts, uh, in obviously. 2021. Yeah. Uh, with Matt, did they make the right decision going Pitts because he's a tight end? But did they go the right decision not going quarterback and Matt Ryan still got it, right? Gotcha. We're not going to know in one week, yeah. but I think 2021 is about that. And, again, I do think the Falcons have a chance to really flip the script mm-hmm. on, on their record from last year. Colts Seahawks, really good game. Like has like a playoff feel kind of game. I like that one. But with Carson Wentz, right? Like, what's he going to do? First impression is going to be important there, Austin. Well, with that Seahawks defense, Trey's feeling pretty comfortable right now. Or at least he should be. You know, like, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a confidence booster in terms of your, your first start in a new team? I feel like the Seahawks defense would give you that. Chiefs-Browns, you know how I feel about the Browns. I think they're the most boring, good team out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and this is like a rematch. Uh, what was that? Was that the divisional round last year, right? Didn't the Chiefs beat the Browns? Was it the Chiefs that beat the Browns in the playoffs? I think so, right? Yeah, they yes, did. Yeah, because yes, the Browns, correct, had, Browns had a chance to beat them. Correct. Yeah, they look good early. That's right. Uh, Patriots-Dolphins. Eh. How long can Cam last, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, Tua, he's coming back, that whole thing. Yeah. Giants-Broncos doesn't do much. Hey. Saints, life <laughs> after. Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Could the ratings be any lower? <laughs> Saints and Packers. Uh, where is Aaron Rodgers in that mix? We don't know, but we know Drew Brees is, like, calling the game on TV. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> in fact, they both might be on their couch that day. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, real quick. So, this uh, New Orleans Saints, pretty interesting fact here. So, according to, once again, these are sources right now. Nothing's officially in stone yet. But the Saints, Saints are on pace for five primetime games this year. You a little surprised about that? Really? Without Drew Brees? Five primetime games without Drew Brees. Are you surprised? Stunned. Stunned. I don't understand, Austin. Like, I will say this. Okay, I get some of the reasons behind the TV world and why the Jags won't get three primetime games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably be a little mad if if they don't get two primetime games. I don't understand why teams get five and six primetime games. Mm -hmm. To me, that doesn't. Like, they're not that much. Like, the Saints, are they that big of a draw? in that big of a market and now they have no drew Brees. like that i don't like who's making that call i have no idea i, I mean i, like, I don't I, get that i get it alvin Kamara, you know he, he can be a household name I, I guess no i mean alvin Kamara is kind of a household name brent in terms well, of fantasy he is, football but is he a draw i mean is he like i'm tuning in I mean, to watch alvin Kamara play the, the guy put up what seven touchdowns last year during prime time not too shabby. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm not trying to make excuses for Thanksgiving or something. Yeah. I, I might have been Thanksgiving. Yeah, but listen, I don't think they deserve five primetime games. But what the, what's the quarterback situation even going to be like? We don't know that. But I'm just saying they have stars, but not five primetime games worth. Yeah, I think Rams-Chicago play. I think that's an interesting one. And Ravens and like Raiders. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Raiders and Las Vegas. I think that may be a little <laughs> bit showcase. Well, I think a little bit of that might be showcase the stadium type of thing. Oh, right? no, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just um, be careful because of Jason Fitz is what I was laughing at. <laughs> I'm not afraid of Fitz, man. You hey, let's get Steven on the line real quick about schedule uh, here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Steven, what's happening, man? What catches your attention? Uh, my attention basically is put, uh, if we get a second primetime game, I would like to be like it to be against the Jets. The number one pick versus the number two pick. Both teams have new head coaches, new staff. But my main question uh, for this is this has been going on uh, a story all day today, uh, finding out uh, Brady versus Belichick this year. But the big story was do they want it in the beginning of the season to where the teams are healthy, there's no chance of Brady getting hurt, 
or do you want this later on in the season in like week 13, 14? Really, I don't care about their opinion because the syndicate's word is the only one that matters. My man. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate it. I would say this, Austin. I like here. it a little I like bit. Ahead, I like it a little bit later. You you have the chance that maybe New England, or with all the free agency, put something together and the game means something. Mm-hmm. But I also think you have the chance that even if one of the teams is doing well, you have Belichick can go ding Brady in like November or December, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. maybe it maybe a, a loss hurts him, mm-hmm. you know, and he figures out Brady. So I kind of like it later in the year. I think there's very little chance one of those teams isn't playing for anything like in December. Uh, most likely the Bucks. I'm still not sold on the Patriots, but I would rather put it a little bit later on. Uh, even, by the way, a great Thanksgiving former family dinner table kind of game. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Oof, that's juicy. Uh, I agree with you, Brent. I would go later on in the season. I think with New England right now, like, yeah, you, you play as good as defense as you want to, but you got to score points to keep up with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'm not worried about Tom Brady getting hurt. The guy eats avocado ice cream. That means you're pretty much invincible. And with Bill Belichick, like, I think he needs time to implement all the offenses and stuff like that of what he wants to do truly. Is Cam Newton going to be the guy or is it going to be the Mac Jones show? Give him, like, at least, you know, till week 10, week 11 or further on uh, to get the full benefit of who, of who the Pats are going to be. So I say wait till later on in the season. You guys love the schedule talk. We love the schedule talk. We'll talk more Jags, more NFL schedule, more on the way here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from Fleming Island Golf Club, top of the tee. It's really a lot of fun out here. Come check it out sometime if you haven't been. You've never played tight end in your life, and you, you're going to start in the NFL after being out of that league for this period of time. That's the football part of it. For me, like, I'm going to be honest with y'all, and y'all know me, I don't really, you know, get into all of the politically corrected things. Tim is with the Jaguars because of him and Urban Meyer relationship. It don't have a damn thing to do with football. Uh, who was that? Um, was that Marcus Spears? Yep. Damn. My gosh. I mean, I'm starting to, like, think I should get something for this. For like, I might give myself a shirt. Yeah, give yourself a shirt, man. I already got Action Sports Checks stuff on, so. I mean, the only thing you're doing is confirming that you watch way too much sports television. Yeah, the funny thing is I really don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't. I find myself Mm -hmm. not watching a lot. Like, Coos will text me stuff from Get Up, which I appreciate. Coos texting stuff and saying, hey, uh, I saw this today, or maybe we can play off this kind of topic or whatever, or did you see this? Yeah. But I don't really watch the show like i used to watch a lot of it and i even find like like ty would have it on in the morning or something he seems to sleep in more <laughs> so, I hear you, ty. I and, uh, on that one. And, uh, we uh if we we what i'll roll on sometimes is like major league baseball because they do that quick pitch and i like to kind of see what's going on from the night before and you can see it obviously pretty quick okay uh with just the highlights so yeah i mean i'm not saying i don't ever watch it but not nearly as much so Sometimes I surprise myself uh, with with some of these guesses and gets. Uh, the Tebow stuff, I can't imagine it doesn't have anything to do with football, okay? Like, I understand it has something to do with a relationship, but nothing to do with football. I think that's a little out of whack. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. We'll talk a little bit more, Tebow, because uh, 
there was an Urban Meyer quote that was pretty interesting on the Tebow front uh, that we'll share and get into a little bit later. Let's get to Kevin uh, right now. I think a scheduling question most likely, but I uh, hope you're doing well, Kevin. Thanks for listening in. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Well, what's going on, guys? You know I had to call and talk about this Tebow mania stuff because some of these takes, it's just sad, man. It's just sad the way people are hating on Tebow and they're, they're, it's all it's a bunch of political stuff it's racial stuff it's just relax guys it's a business yes Tebow isn't the best tight end in the football league but to act like there's no other football players that aren't being played because of their who they are and not their talent you're going to tell me Cam Newton is one of the, is a, a top 32 quarterback in the world of course not he's getting that position because of what he accomplished in the past of who he is he, he don't deserve to be on that field the way he's played, but because he's Cam Newton, he's getting another chance. That's just the way the world is. It's, I mean, and everybody seems to be taking their angst out on Tim Tebow. It's just sad, real sad. Yeah, Kevin, appreciate the call, man. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, 904-362-9901. First of all, listen. I don't know the length of sadness. I guess it, you can go find what you read, what you want to hear a little bit. Uh, if you want to hear one side that supports Tebow, I can probably direct you to a, a few thousand people that will share those thoughts. If you want to direct yourself to the opposition and critique of Tebow, well, I can direct you that way, too. Uh, I think keep this in mind. I don't think Tebow gives a lick about any of it. All right. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't feel bad. I mean, Tebow is willing to put himself in this position to be criticized. And like I said, it's something I admire about Tebow is that he's willing to put himself in position to fail. And so that's part of it. He knows it. He's been in the spotlight long enough. I would hope Urban Meyer knows it, too. Uh, but listen, Tebow, Austin, we know this. You, you came out the same year. You were at the Senior Bowl. You were at a workout facility. You were at a visit with him. You know everything Tebow does is under a microscope. And there's going to be the people for him that are going to be passionate, and there are going to be people against him that are going to be passionate. That's nothing new. No, you're right. And, you know, to, to go along with our caller a little bit, um, you know, is this – is it relationship-driven? Is it racial-driven? Like, uh, to me, there's not one ounce of racial conversation that should come from Tim Tebow getting a shot at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I see the comments out there. I see, well, how is Tim Tebow signed to a team, but Colin, Ka- or, yeah, Colin Kaepernick's not? I haven't heard Colin Kaepernick say he wants to play tight end. Maybe if he does, then maybe we're having a different conversation because Tim Tebow is coming to the Jaguars to play tight end. At least that's what I've been told so far. I think along the lines of, you know, is the only reason why he's here because of Urban Meyer? Absolutely. And welcome to the real world. Welcome to the NFL where it's all about who you know and the connections that you make. I can go on a 10-minute a, a TED Talk and, and, and tell you you know, examples of where the wrong guy was starting or that the wrong guy got signed, but he did, he did start. He did get signed because of the coach, because of the connection. This happens in football. This happens in any job, essentially. It's about who you know. And we always talk about sometimes professional sports or even, you know, football in general, whether it's high school, Pop Warner, you name it, sometimes it can mirror real life. This is an example of the NFL mirroring real life. 
This is the way the world works, all right? It's not always going to be fair. Yeah, the reason why Tim Tebow's got a job is because he played for Urban Meyer um, in college. Congratulations. Did he earn it? Doesn't really matter, does it? Because he knows Urban Meyer. That's just the way the world works, man. So people have a right to be upset to say that Tim Tebow jumped the line and so be it. But at the end of the day, I guess where I can lay my head down and, and, and find some solace is the fact that I think that if Tim Tebow makes the team, it's because he earned it, not because he knows Urban Meyer. Because like I've talked about before, if Tim Tebow makes this team and he hasn't earned it, Urban Meyer is going to lose that locker room. And mark my words, Urban Meyer won't be in the NFL that long coaching football. Yeah, it's very interesting. You could make the case that last year, one team that was willing to make a move for Nick Foles was the Chicago Bears because of DiFilippo, right? I mean, you can make yeah. that case. Mm-hmm. And they were willing to give up draft capital because of that guy. Now, I will say this. Nick Foles did win a Super Bowl, okay? Uh, so it's a, maybe a little bit different in that context. But to your point, I mean, some people are on rosters because of, well, who they know. Uh, and it's not always a bad thing. Some people are given opportunities because maybe they were overlooked. But there's one guy on the staff that hey, says, you might want to you know, look under this rock over here. So it's not always uh, a bad thing. It is interesting that you brought up Kaepernick in the sense that did he not have a coach that believed in him enough over the last however many years? Austin to Well, his to coach maybe, is in college right now. Yeah, so enough to knock down that door, or a GM, or an assistant, or somebody with enough pull, obviously, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, to, to knock down that door and, and give him the opportunity even amidst uh, what potentially – could have been a, a, a distraction. We'll be back. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live at Fleming Island Golf Club. Hopefully the rain stays away. we got more schedule talk and more TiVo talk on the way on ESPN 690.